This is Getting the Bread with Carla Cafe. On this podcast, we'll be diving deep with members of the Carla community about what makes them tick and their journeys to getting their bread. Okay, we're here with Claire Davis. Hi. And Jessica's on here today too. Hello. Claire's our wedding planner. Our beloved wedding planner. Hey, let's do it. (laughs) So uh, background on Claire. Uh, I'm not going to get into your resume, but I'm going to get into your background about us a little bit. Yeah. So, um, so Saeed from empty vase is a good family friend and he did the flowers for our proposal. And so we went to him to talk about, uh, you know, we need a wedding planner and <laughs> he's like, okay, I have, I have some names for you gives us some names and he's like, and he's giving us ratings on like, he's giving us a breakdown of each person and he's, he's giving, he's saying, what are they good at? And then he's giving like a rating on like stars based on like what the price is going to be like dollar signs, like kind of on Yelp. Yelp. I kind of love this about Saeed, by the way, (laughs) he categorizes everything. He is very honest. He he might be really fun to have on this. I I do want to hear a story. I do want to hear a story because it's interesting to me. I don't know how he got into flowers, you know. And and then I also think from when he's talked about it in our meetings before, there's a lot of similarities between like, I think there's similarities between food and what he does. Right. I love when he says hardest business to be in is flowers. Second hardest is food. Right. No, but it's true. It's all perishable. Mm -hmm. So you have to sell a certain amount to make your money back. And I think he's really smart at that. Like, I think he can calculate that. And I think his experience is so insightful, yeah. like yeah. any business. And he's a creative, too. I think it's, it's yeah. art for him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to be a creative and a business person. Yeah. Right. He's figured it out. Yeah. And 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 he knew that, you know, pricing wise, we weren't trying to be that high. And then he, he puts Claire and he's like, she's the best. But she also will probably be the most expensive. That's she, okay. And then I'm like, okay, cool. She sounds great. Let's like, let's not meet with her. <laughs> and then he's like, no. He's like, even if you're not going to be able to afford it, I want you to meet with Claire so you know what it's like to be with the best. And how you're supposed to be treated. Wow. I yeah. love this about him. Yeah. And we're like, okay. I owe him like big time. That was yeah. a good comp. Like from him, that's a big compliment. Uh-huh. He's worked with everyone. So that, that's literally what he yeah. said. He's like, this is, that's going to be your marker. Even if you can't afford her, then we met with you. I think you sensed the, the pricing constraints. Of us. And you ended up, I think, I think I fell in love with you too. And I think that I was like, I'm just in it. We're doing it. I don't care if we're doing it wherever we're doing it. It's going to be great. It's going to be creative. It's going to be, I think that you two just, you know, speak truth for yourselves. And I think that that's really important and that's what makes something special. How did you recognize that in the first meeting? Good question. I think it's more something you feel. I think it's, you walk in and I feel like Jessica was like, this and this and that like she had like a checklist and from her checklist like we would go to the next level and then you would add in something else and I'd be like this feeds me that's interesting it was that it was that unique yeah it really is because most people have something set in their head either it's exactly a lot of times it's what their parents want Mm -hmm. my parents want us to get married at Hillcrest 
that's where they got married. We're going to do it exactly like they do. Here's the band that they used, which is lovely. And that there's something very traditional about that. But what I found that was, you know, special or exciting was that you two wanted to explore the whole experience of getting wedding, like getting married. You didn't want to just, um, here's my scrapbook of everything I've put together. Let, let's see what else is out there. Let me ask my friends who are going through this because it genuinely happens where 10 of your best friends will have get married around the same time. So right. you're going to, you know, eight weddings in a year. You're a bridesmaid at six of them. You've you've seen it so many times during this short condensed time in your life that you know what you like and what you don't like. But you all were both still very interested in this experience like this is this is our wedding this is unique this is special we're going to bring us to our friends and our family and our loved ones and the fact like so you didn't look at that as like oh this is going to be annoying this is going to be hard <laughs> like they're gonna <laughs> well i've never been one to shy away from a time commitment i tend to like it when people dive deeper I think it's, again, I think it's a, it's really um, easy to do the same thing again and again and again. And I'm sure you find this, like, with food. It's really easy to do the same thing, but you're then like, oh, what do you like about this? Oh, you like the bread. Okay, I'm going to make this version of the bread next. Or I just think that that's what keeps you going mm -hmm. in, in, in experiencing more of life and your own creativity. You think for you it's more about the event or the people and i don't just mean the couple like when when you get excited about everything about an event is it more you're you're thinking about the different people that are going to be attending and what that's going to be like or are you are you more focused on like okay well this is going to be here the, how's this going to look how you know how's this going to sound how's this going to taste is it is it it's a really good question. I think I'm a super visual person, so always aesthetic matters. And right off the bat, you guys, just your aesthetics are always like the next level. So I loved that. Um, but also I'm about the feelings. Like I'm about the idea of, for instance, one of my favorite weddings was at the Breakers in um, Palm Beach. What made that experience so special and unique to me was that it was on Easter weekend, and Easter in Palm Beach is beyond. Uh, I'm a Jew, but I loved it. You know what I mean? It's like every stereotypical Easter bunny tulip kind of thing, which I love happening. But we got a bunny petting zoo to come for all of the kids. So we had like the whole courtyard of the breakers covered in these baby beautiful bunnies that all the kids that were in the wedding or had come for the weekend could experience and it's like oh that was the moment mm -hmm. I think you always find these moments and these ideas where the visual and the emotional yeah, yeah. and right. the guests all kind of come together and I think that's what makes me tick and makes me want to do it again I don't know about you of, but I think that like the first time when we met you versus like other planners that we met with, you were the first one that ever asked us, what do you want to feel on your wedding day? What do you want to smell? Like, what do you want when you walk in? What do you envision? Yeah. 
and everybody else that we met with was like, well, this is my resume. This is who I've worked with. And this is me. So, um, yeah, this is what I'm good at. Whereas you were like, well, tell me about you. Like, how do you, do you want to party? Do you want to have your shoes off at midnight? You know, it was very much so like, how do we envision those things? And like, that was also very eye opening for us. Cause it got Avi and I to be like, well, yeah, we are party people. You know, yeah, we do want. Actually, we do want people to kick their shoes off at midnight. You're about what it tastes like, what it smells like, what it feels like, and what people, how do they pick up their sandwich? What do they do when they open up the bag? What's the first thing? And I think it's the same thing of what do you want people to experience even with their welcome basket? Or if you don't want to do a welcome basket, you want to do a welcome note because you find it, you know, like too much for people to have disposable welcome baskets, you know? So, I mean, I think it's all about what your expression is and making your expression come to life because that's why people love you and want to be there and want to celebrate with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that way. Cause like, and it, and, and I think this is a theme and it came up in the last podcast, but, and it's something that I think about a lot is like everything does get, everything we, we experience gets saturated into a feeling ultimately. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we're talking about the the sensory way we take it in, mm-hmm. but ultimately it all transfers to feeling. Like when you, if you taste something you like, it, it turns into a feeling, right? So everything about the experience is ultimately, and if you're looking at something beautiful, right? That's, it's a feeling, right? So, and I think, I think it's being in touch with, you know, when you're creating something, how is it going to make everybody feel? And it sounds like, like you get that about the event. And I think in that way, it's similar to what we do. Cause the first time we were going to sell sandwiches, I'm thinking about, well, what is the packaging going to look like? Right. No, or your burger tonight, like you made the most delicious burger, but the way it was presented, I could, from the time it was on the plate, I wanted to eat it. Like uh-huh. visually it was like perfect. Right. The onions, the gruyere, you know, like the right. bun, the sauce, like everything. I was like, oh, this yeah. is going to be so good. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yes, I could smell it at the same time too, which is so great. But it was like, wow, this <laughs> is, it, it, the anticipation is there. Yeah, yeah. Or then even like with the pickup process, you know, we started out of the house, you yeah. know, and so... I, I was so thinking about every detail in terms of like, well, where are they going to walk in from? Like they're picking up sandwiches from a house and it's, it's weird. How, how do I make that? How do I make that experience? How do I flip it to make it as cool as possible? And so then it's like, okay, we take advantage of like the assets of the house we were in. And so we're going to have people come through the back. Like, no, like if they just come into the driveway, knock on the front door and wait for a sandwich, that's weird made it a speakeasy almost like I actually brought this up to a client last week so I did an event at the Academy of Motion Pictures Museum they were um, opening up an exhibit called regeneration which is really cool it's black filmmaking for the last hundred years which who knew like it's groundbreaking and interesting they wanted to do everything off of there was a club in downtown LA that was part of a a hotel called the Dunbar mm-hmm. and they wanted to make one of the rooms like the speakeasy room right from when 
prohibition was insta and I was like oh my gosh it's like Avi like this is like so I had it in my head already of how to make it cool like you had to knock at the door and you had to like there's like you know how you guys used to have like the cart at some point where it would like kind of block people from going yeah, in yeah. so I did like all of that stuff so I think it's all it's exactly that it's the experience of um of what you want people to experience all the way through what you want them to buy into it's the whole thing of you're looking at every single detail it's like Jessica and I talking about this beautiful villa in Italy tonight and how you could walk through these like trees that are wrapped like an archway and how magical that is that's like a whole experience to walk through that you, you're enchanted from the get-go mm -hmm. Like you're already like feasting with your eyes in your experience and then like everything the rest of the night kind of takes itself into like a fairy tale almost, you know, like I think that's kind of always what we've thought about with you is, are like these like really intimate experiences where it's like, I don't know, I think Avi and I talk about it a lot where it's, it's not the most expensive weddings that we've gone to that are the most fun. It's often time exactly the opposite right. you know it's like these really I don't know about that. <laughs> it's a mixture i gotta tell you like i went to college in oakland california and the best parties that we ever went to were like and this was like and during the 90s that. no oh just kidding Never that mind. were literally like in like dilapidated buildings that became like like in the basement of dilapidated buildings that were just so cool and so fun. And it was the fact that you like had to go into the basement and it was like a building that you were like, oh, is that sketchy? Is that not sketchy? It's like everything was just different and cool and the music was so great and like who knew what you were drinking? Like, I don't know, but I just think, yes, it, but it was like exciting Survived. and thrilling. Yes, there you go. It boosted your immunity. <laughs> I mean, e each wedding we've been to does bring their own, like, charm to it. Like, th it is its own. They are each their own experience, you know? Yeah. Like, we've been, we have been to a lot of great weddings. All right, what's the best wedding you ever went to? <laughs> no names, please. I have two no off names. the top of my head. Okay. I have two off, off the top of my head. Let me see if they're your same, too. What, for us, what uh, Tanya and Jason... The, so Tanya and Jason were the That's the, the first, first wedding. Couple. That's the first wedding we went to together. Yeah. yeah, that was the first wedding. That was the first wedding we went to as a couple. And that was like extremely special. They had been together since high school. And the rabbi that married them was also Avi's rabbi. And that was also my first Persian Jewish wedding. And it was like this wild part. It was like so extremely intimate. They read each other their vows. Like I still remember their vows and her vows were like, I'm just so excited to be married to you. And it was like, she wasn't sobbing. She wasn't like, she was just genuinely like so excited. And it was so endearing. It was so charming. It was so like beautiful. And he felt the same way back. And it was like, their parents were like elated. It was, it was like the most beautiful like moment. Well, they were, they were together right. since high school. I mean, I think they were, they were together for like yeah. 10 years at the time. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean. That was really special. I don't, I don't know. That was cool. Because I, I remember, I think, I think I was maybe a freshman or a sophomore in high, in high school, and they were maybe seniors. And I think I remember them 
dating since then. But so that was crazy. And I wasn't even really friends with him at the time. He was just some older kid at the school. And I, and I was, and I saw, and I, and I was, I saw their relationship from then, you know, to then 10 years later when I got like much closer to them. But yeah, I think seeing that, uh, a couple where you know that they were in love for so long, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like those little things make it special too. You know what I mean? Like, what is it about their relationship and their connection? What does that mean to you? And so like, even as you're, you're seeing it all culminate and you're, you know, it's so that, that, I don't know. I remember the, I remember them walking down the aisle, like like, vividly, you know, cheering, like music was going crazy. Um, By the way, I think that's one of the most special things about Jewish Persian weddings is that people walking down the aisle and really taking it in. I remember my father-in-law saying to me before I walked down the aisle, this is your moment. Take Walk slowly, look around, see who's here, see who's here to support you, see who's, you know, just celebrating your love. And I think that that's really special. But now I'm also convinced that you all need your childhood rabbi to perform your ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm taking notes. He's in high demand. I'm always taking notes. Always taking notes. He's He's in in high high demand. Maybe my conversion rabbi. And I don't think he knows me that well, but but I think he'd get the time to know me better so like to to do the wedding. No, like because I remember for my bar mitzvah he did that. Like he took the time to actually like meet and under like try to actually get the kid. You know. (laughs) Next. Next up. <laughs> so I think Jason and Tanya was really special. I can't believe you're just going to name oh, two. Oh, like, okay. You, uh, well, I have more than that. I can name multiple. Know, my next in line was... But Sam and Tommy's on my mind, too, is a yes. unique, is unique. I mean, uh, like, uh, it, it's just good because, like, they're two so different. They're, they're two so different weddings. Because um, uh, Sam and Tommy, not Persian. So just off the bat, the the difference between Persian weddings and non-Persian <laughs> weddings, right? Like, one is just a party. Yeah. Like starting from going down the aisle, it's a party. Right. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no, there's no part of it that's not a party. There's no speeches. Right. You know, maybe you don't slow down the party for anything, <laughs> right? And then so. Like footballs were handed out. Right. You so. Uh, so, uh, so I think that's the reason, like we were probably both thinking of those two, cause it was different extremes of the spectrum. It's not that like we've been to other amazing, like, but so Sam and Tommy was more, and like, so for me, I only knew Persian weddings. So for me, I have a culture shock when I go to non-Persian weddings and it's like, there's what we're like sitting down for speeches, you know <laughs> <laughs> so so we so we built a relationship with these people like throughout the weekend and then you get to the wedding and I guess maybe that's why this stood out to us too and I don't know maybe we're biased because we've been together so long but Sam and Tommy were also together for 10 years going into the wedding so then I think similar there's like a similar different level of like like depth I don't know that like you're that you're feeling about it like just knowing when you know in both of those situations they've been together since high school and it's not like they were met each other in high school and then got married like three years later but met each other in high school 
grew up together pretty much. Right. You know what I mean? And then you're watching them get married. So. I like it though. There's a depth of commitment, like you're mm-hmm. saying, and it's almost like you as a participant are also like cheerleading and so excited yeah. and and relieved and like, okay, finally, yay! <laughs> like, let's do like <laughs> you're in too. And the, yeah, and that is so. And then I think then that transition to some of the best wedding speeches I ever heard. So like, and I think probably some of that is based on like the depth of the actual relationships built. When, let's say, I don't know, let's say one of the fathers is talking about the other one and it's based on like really watching that person grow up or when we heard like Sweet Love, like Kelly, Sam's little sister, give a speech about Tommy. Avi's longtime assistant, shout out to Sweet Love. (laughs) Uh, we call well, her name's Kelly, but we endearingly call her sweet love because she is a sweet that, love. The speeches, the way the speeches culminated in, in the wedding, I think were also like really engaged us hard. And then it turned into a part like, like emotional, like emotional highs. And then with like a party release, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, so, I like it. I mean, I think that that's the way it all should be. Like yeah. there's, there's something to this cause it is, you're, celebrating a love you're celebrating a commitment you're celebrating the past and the present and the future right yeah and everyone else is with you yeah yeah it's bringing everybody along to that journey I think what was so cool about that weekend in particular is that Sam's family is from Hawaii which is where the wedding was so we got to do a lot of traditional like there was a lot of Hawaiian traditional moments where they did like um a hula dance like with her grandma and her grandma's friends like that you know on like the rehearsal any grandma night. dancing gets uh, me I don't gets care me. What, like what kind a, of- I will sob <laughs> and you know then just moments of like okay well this was you know our the traditions of our family you're here to witness that this is us and then you know we want you guys all here for the future and it was like it was really beautiful and like for Avi I think that this was the first wedding that I brought you to as opposed to me going to like Pro- mm, I don't know if that's true but I don't I think Olivia's wedding might have been before yeah, that's that true. Yeah. that's true um but this was like for him he's used like Persian Jewish weddings they're like you know a small Persian Jewish wedding is like 350 people you know so this was like the first time where he saw like really 100 150 people come together and it be like a full-on non-stop party where you know when there were these like real emotional highs and then this party high oh, hold on before we get to the after i would the the being the shot people culminated into the wedding and so then we became okay, what was the shot would you give everybody their own shot or was oh, there like tequila a, tequila or vodka, ran, two options okay. straightforward no, well, it was they tequila. Ran out, they ran out of tequila because of us. Yeah, so. But they ran out of tequila. Their wedding planner. Yeah, their wedding planner physically had to drive to a nearby market and purchase more tequila because we were plummeting through the tequila supply. And Sam and Tommy will be listening to this and be dying. Yeah, uh, like I don't know if Maui had any more tequila after that weekend. Miles Teller also got married that weekend in Maui, so I hope his wedding had a drought because of us. That'd be a real. I think Sam and Tommy make fun of me for being the shop person at the wedding, but but the reality is like Sam, do you hear this? I deserve credit for it. I I had I had I had random people genuinely take me aside and thank me for like, but oh not my God. only did you bring the party that night or like opening night or welcome but then whatever. we really brought it for the wedding. 
But even the next day, I, people I was, were probably was, like, did you meet Avi? Did you meet Jessica? Yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah. God, they're fun. Yeah, yeah, the next yeah. day was raw. No, that's, the, that's the thing. We set the tone. So then we, we, we kind of indoctrinated them over time. So by the time the wedding came around, like, people were ready. They got it. They understood. <laughs> I love that they put, because they know we're, like, we're outgoing. Yeah. So they put us with their coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> to really get them going. <laughs> to really get them going. And That's why one of them like literally took me to the side and like sincerely thanked me. For yeah, because I think everybody else had like their both of their group of friends had their own like group of friends that they were familiar with. Or we we were all on a joint bachelor and bachelorette trip in Charleston like a few months prior. So like quite a few of us had gotten to know each other really well. But then there were still some people that maybe didn't know each other. So we were at the table where we needed to kind of acquaint every all everybody else and i think they got acquainted quite well yeah you broke the like you made it all warm and like let's go let's have some fun here yeah but i think that's a, I think you broke that's the ice with everyone seriously. i think that's important yeah especially i don't know i think that's something that we talk about a lot in terms of like say something like a welcome party or things like that it's about everybody getting to know each other being comfortable with each other and being able to foster this like party vibe because really that started at the rehearsal dinner when we were all together, yeah. you know, at the luau where yeah. everybody kind of got acquainted where it's like, okay, we kind of mean business when we're going to the bar. <laughs> you know, we're not joking around here. You set the tone. Right. right you right, put right. the gauntlet down. Like this is going to be a fun wedding. But I think that wedding like was definitely one of the most special they're weddings. just two uh, different sides of the spectrum. Very, yeah, then, like, Sean, two very different weddings, but two like, extremely special. Sean and Jamie's was like amazing. We had a blast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that was like an epic party. You mm -hmm. know? <laughs> like, that was in Santa Barbara. That was. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what did you do if you're not the shop people at that well, wedding? Well, that's a funny. Everybody was a shop person. Everybody was a shop person at that wedding. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. At those weddings, at Persian weddings, like Sean and Jamie's, like you're fighting for the front to get your own shot. I don't, yeah. You don't need a recruit. No <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no. Yeah, that wedding, that wedding was wild. That wedding was like, go change in your vans. I love that. Though. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we look She good. wore Converse down the aisle because she knew it was like, ready, let's start. We got a party. I love that. Were they like the glittery kind or were they oh, just no. like, no, they were like they, old they school? Were, they were like white high top, like let's get the party started. And like, b mind you, like wearing this gorgeous Vera Wang gown. You <laughs> yeah. can't even see. That's the, high low. That's high yeah, low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> high low, exactly. You can't even see the shoes. She had like no, she and she partied all night and looked, she had this like cascade of orchids down a piano. Oh, that, that like. Is everything. It was it was everything and more. I it was unreal. And for Sean and Jamie, I cried at the proposal. You so. did not sobbed, 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 sobbed. Wait, wait. When was what was the proposal? What got me emotionally for the proposal wasn't how he did it. It was more being so happy for him because Sean was is my close friend, okay. and I remember the first time he came to me and confided to me that he was dating her. Because it's his, it was his best friend's little sister, his two best friends. So Jason, so we said Jason, Jason was that the Jason and Tanya was that first wedding right. we told you about that had been high school sweethearts. Yeah, okay. Jason and Justin are brothers, okay. and Sean and Jason and Justin were literally best friends. And then they have two other best, like they're a group of five guys that are literally. I've never, there's no other group of five guys like this in terms of like how close they are. So imagine Sean grows up with Jason and Justin, and it's their little sister. And like Sean was like 
infatuated with her from like from way before it would have you know, like, so, like married into the family he married and married into the family and so so he told me when he like that he was like hey like i'm and i don't i don't remember who else knew at the time but he was telling me he's like I'm in love with her and I want to marry her. And I, and I always knew I wanted to marry her. And his, and not only that, his mom always, her, his mom's wish was always that they would get married to separately that he, I don't think he even really knew about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause they were obviously family friends as well, which is very insane and special. Does everybody know about your proposal i think so we posted it on our instagram <laughs> if you don't you could go watch it it's like that is definitely an epic proposal there was a, a flash mob singing i say a little prayer for you by uh from my best friend's wedding <laughs> i'm surprised you actually even remember it she what do you mean she cried at the first time we met her we showed it to, we showed it to her I know, but I just wouldn't know how many of these things you're like seeing. I don't know. I always get surprised when anyone remembers anything about me. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, no. I mean, I think it's, I just think there was thought put into it. And not only thought, but a courage. Like it wasn't just like, yeah, I thought about it. She likes Disneyland, so I proposed at Disneyland. It was like, Okay, the exact moment, the exact food, the exact how I'm going to get her there, the okay, like, I mean, the song. I mean, like, every single, like, it unfolds. It's like a great event. It's like a great meal at a restaurant yeah. or a great meal by a chef. Everything unfolds. Yeah. It had layers to it. It had depth to it. Again, I think those are, that's why you liked both of those weddings, too, yeah. is that not only did it have the sentimental value and the, the, emotional side of it it had like we're partying now like break the glass let's do like this is done i mean i'll walk you through the thought process on that <laughs> on that proposal a little bit so do you want to give my mom's commentary too on the flash mob so yeah okay yeah, yeah. i had been with jessica for was it almost 10 years had almost been 10 years after the, the fact that i was taking that long i knew i had to come up with something <laughs> <laughs> I know, just come up with something good. No, and because like um, it was like built up pressure in my head, and I'm like, and and also the concept of like doing something special for a proposal like was not clicking in my head. I'm like, I don't get it. I, like I, I I remember being so like flustered at the idea of how am I supposed to execute something special, and then have her not know that it's coming. You know what I mean? And like, to me, the surprise of it felt like it should, was more valuable than how I did it. And so like, I was like you know, cause it's like, if you do something out of the ordinary, it's like, oh, we're gonna, you know, uh, take a helicopter ride today. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, so, so. A little light so is going it, off it in was, her head, like it, this could be it. It yeah. felt like a catch 22. Like how am I supposed to do special, but surprise? It, like, are you I, I living together that at out. this point or are you not? No, no, not living together. And so, and then, and I'm also like, I'm like, I can't think of any idea that's not dumb. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm like, I'm like pretty like analytical. I'm difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm difficult. Like I just told you the burger had too much meat. Yeah. Like, you know, like, the best burger I've ever had in my whole life. And I love a good and, burger. And I still, but I still am figuring out ways that like, so, but. Uh, you're super analytical. You're always thinking. You're always. And I'm always thinking like, what's yeah. wrong with something? Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. 
And so, which is perfectionism, you know, like you're, you, it's the pursuit, yeah. it's the pursuit, you know, is so, so I'm sure you, I'm sure you, it's the same pursuit. I, I thought about naming this podcast, the pursuit of perfection and talk as, cause talking to people that I know are pursuing the same thing, but okay. So then, uh, okay. So then little things happen over time that kind of click as it's in the back of my head. I'm, I'm going to have to propose soon. And like, what am I going to do? But on my 30th birthday, I th- uh, we stayed at a bungalow at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And I was like, this place is sick. <laughs> you know, like, like the most classic, like perfect location. Yeah. Well, like we already had a relationship with the hotel because there was a flood at my parents' house right before I started Carla Cafe. And I was living out of Beverly Hills Hotel for a couple of months. Not too bad, people. Yeah. Not too bad. <laughs> struggling like, by the like side note as i'm living out of beverly's like so insurance has to so insurance was paying for it because my parents house flooded and they also had to pay for your food because you don't have a kitchen at home but literally at this time i'm working on my startup i had such this like this specific timing was like the culmination of when my like bank account was really like if i was at work i couldn't afford Chipotle if I wanted to. But then I knew I could get back to the hotel and go eat at like the Fountain Room or Polo Lounge for free. So, so, which is the funniest dynamic ever. Okay, but back to the proposal. So the bungalow, the specific bungalow we set up for my birthday, I'm like, this bungalow is great. This feels like it would be a, the right place to do it. And for some reason, I was always imagining like some sort of like divergence of like, well, it can't be our bungalow because it would ruin the, ruin the surprise. You know, like, wow, I'm not going to randomly get a bungalow at Beverly Hills Hotel. So at some point, we're watching my best friend's wedding because it's Jessica's, like, favorite movie or one of her favorite movies. And it Jessica is the greatest. Re- <laughs> the best. My, my most favorite movies in time. And Jessica rewatches. Wedding, if Jessica likes a movie, she could rewatch it literally every week. So we're watching my best friend's wedding and she's talking about how her favorite scene is to say a little prayer for you. And, and how then, everyone breaks out into uh, it. Love. And yeah. then when she says that it clicks, I'm like, okay, there, okay, that's something like that's something I could play with. And I'm like, okay. So short of having Dion Warwick show up at the Beverly Hills <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> Can you believe he didn't get Dion Warwick? A travesty. By the way, there's anniversaries to come. Anniversaries yeah. to come. Just, just putting it out there. It's coming up next month. Dan might be available. How, do, how, how does he? How does he say Dion in the? Oh God, is he so good? Though? Yeah, so good. So, but uh, this is something that's a consistent thing in thing with me. Is like okay, Carla Cafe. Never thought I would open a restaurant, but then there is like things floating around in my head about like, oh, what, what would a menu be even though I would never do it? <laughs> it's like, I'll do it if I, I said it, this came up in the last podcast too, but I was like, it was more of like, if I get rich, it's something I would do for fun. I'm not going to get into food for a living, you know? So, but there was always different things floating around in my head about it, even though I never thought it was something I, I would do. And so then, by the way, there's the so similar. much to be said there, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like the, it's, it is, but that's why I'm bringing it up. Like, because there, there's something there with me with that of things floating around in my head and me never thinking that I'm actually going to do it. So like the, the, the bringing in the song from my best friend's wedding was something floating around in my head 
that I was like, but how I'm never going to do this. Like what, what, in what world is it going to make sense? Like, how am I going to tie that in? Like where, how, and then as like the timing got more pressed and I was like, I need to do something. And then I'm like, okay. Wait, well, was like, there a timeline in your head that you had given yourself? There was a timeline yeah. in my head. There okay. was a timeline. No, Cause I think most women, it is. Yeah. I gave my husband like, I was like, okay, after this amount there, of time of living together, yeah. we have timeline. to figure it. Yeah. There was a timeline in my head that, that, I'm sure had gone and pushed back a couple of times in her head, but this time, but this, <laughs> this time, time it was real. But this time it was real. Uh, so there was a timing pressure. You brought up timing pressure earlier. So then it just became like, okay, all right, I'm just gonna merge these. I'm imagining someone being in front of a bungalow so that it seems like it's not ours. And I'm thinking about this song, and then. I'm like, okay, how do I tie these things together? Let me see if I could find people that, like, how am I even going to find singers? <laughs> I don't even know. Do you know how I found the singers? You know, through Nick, right? Yeah, through Nick, through my engineer from my startup. But I don't even know what made me, I mean, I knew he was in like theater kind of. So I guess, I guess that's why I asked him. And then, so I don't know, all of a sudden. And what you just asked him, like, do you know a flash mob of singers that can sing us say a little prayer for you? He, he connected me to one singing teacher if that's or voice coach or something he connects me to the teacher and then the teacher has some students that he says he thinks could be interested and like the talent doesn't matter that much you know what the good thing about him being a teacher is is he can make them like practice <laughs> like, you know, like, so you're checking off lists in your head so you're like I'm huh like, I'm like i'm like would one of them be willing to wear a robe and act like it's his room. Because <laughs> yeah. I was always envisioning someone in front of the bungalow in a robe. Because if they're in a robe in front of the bungalow, it couldn't seem like it's our bungalow. So, okay, then at once I nailed the singers. Then I was like, okay, call Saeed for the flowers. And, like, it starts falling, you know, together. And But this is all happening within a week, literally. I'm literally talking to the, the instructor for the, like, literally one week before. And I'm peace. These things are just falling in place. And then I'm like, I'm calling her mom and I'm like, okay, I think we're doing it on Saturday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, or what day? I don't know. What it was day a it Sunday. Was. Wait, Sunday. did her parents have any feedback on how I did it? Yeah. So I, I told, I told her mom that I'm going to be doing like a flash mob. <laughs> I didn't call it a flash mob. Now we're calling it a flash mob, but I'm like, it was a flash mob. Of she's singers. like, she's like, honey, um, I don't like, she might think that's a little cheesy. But, like maybe you could have someone playing a piano, the piano version of it. And I'm like, mm, no, I think. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, I already also, I think I know Jessica well enough. <laughs> By the way, you know I love a flash mob. Have you ever seen that family? The the modern family episode? Ugh. So then we get we have the now I have I have the guy in the robe set up. I have the singer set up. Now it's a matter of how do we get Jessica there under what under what context? And I'm thinking like at the time we were in like a big like Beverly Hills hotel kick. And so and her birthday is coming up. And so it's like, okay, let's convince her to throw 
we have to figure I actually we, what I had to figure out was how do I not throw out the idea or even her friends that were in on it how do we get her to like default to this on her own and then I knew if she's going there for her birthday brunch, then like, then the manicure part is going to be taken care of. How she's dressed is going to be taken care that of. That is genius, by the way. Yeah. So she is groomed appropriately. She's yeah, all that was up. I've like, I've, I've heard comments about that before, so I knew. <laughs> with the girl with the ponytail up and like the yeah. zit cream on and the boyfriend proposes. Yeah, and for, for some reason... Jessica, I have no idea why, because like at the time, I swear she would 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 have been down to go to Beverly Hills Hotel, but any any day, right? And then for some reason, when we're like, okay, Jessica, we I have me, our, my friend Mike, and Jessica's friend Nina, we're all at dinner together, and there we're like, okay, we're we need to get her to like want to go for her birthday like next week to Beverly Hills Hotel. We're doing the BHH. <laughs> so, but Come on. we're not saying it. We're just like, so what do you want to do for your birthday? And she's gonna be like, oh, I don't know. I don't really care. Like I don't really care this Are year. Are you serious? <laughs> the yeah, one exactly. year that you were like because oh, she she was so upset that she wasn't proposed to yeah. probably. Yeah. I was so bitter. <laughs> but also in my head, my big birthday was my golden birthday, which was the twenty eighth my twenty eighth on the twenty eighth. So I was yeah, so I was like, uh, I don't really care. I was like, maybe I'll do a lunch at Chaconis. And they were like, okay, cool, like, fun. So I called Chaconis. They were such dicks. And I was like, fuck it. We're not going to Chaconis. Fuck Chaconis. We're going to Beverly Hills Hotel. I know they'll treat us right. Wait, what if Chaconis had said, yes, no problem, Jessica. We here's the private room. We're giving you flowers and we're doing yeah, then the whole thing would have been my plan B up. was OK, well, I got us I got us like a bungalow for like post party for after Chaconis. That was my plan B. But luckily they said no. Oh, my God. They were so mean. Yeah. They were so mean. Which I have no problem slandering them here. <laughs> you guys lost out on an yeah, epic. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And by the way, in that courtyard, it would have been really cute. <laughs> yeah. Courtyard, driveway, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. With a flash mob. Yeah. So then, we, then basically, somehow we, we default to... We get we get her to default to Beverly Hills Hotel. So like, why would she think it's a fake event? She's like literally. So I'm one. inviting them to Cabana Cafe, and I'm like, be there at one fifteen or sorry, one thirty, okay. and like I invite like I think like twelve of my girlfriends, and I'm like, be there at, at one thirty, and Avi and I like that morning. I go, I get my blowout, whatever, and then I go to Empty Vase to Saeed. And I'm like, I need 12 individually wrapped roses. And they are doing my the flowers for my proposal at the same time. So they're looking at me like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm having a brunch. Like, my best friends are going to be there. And I had went and got all of their favorite bottles of alcohol, like, but mini size to put with the rose. Like, you know, on The Bachelor, where you're, like, given a rose or whatever. And I was like, I need these individually wrapped with a bottle of alcohol. So they do that for me, like painstakingly, you know what I mean? And they were like, so nice, so sweet. They're like, oh, what's this event for? Like acting like they had no idea who I was. And yeah. then. Meanwhile, Avi's in the background like, just do it. Yeah. Like sign language. Yeah. So meanwhile, they're like texting her. 
Yeah, texting, texting. Meanwhile, they're texting him like she has no idea what's happening because I think he was always worried because I'm such a sleuth. He he was always worried that I always had like a feeling and I truly didn't. And so my big thing was like, I wanted to get there at 1.15 because my friends are notoriously early and I'm notoriously not. And I wanted to get there to set my table setting, make sure the roses were there, little bottles of alcohol. So I pull up on Crescent because nobody's paying valet prices at the Beverly Hills Hotel and Crescent has amazing parking. Uh, yeah, unless we, <laughs> unless we have to. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I see my best friend's car. My best friend has like a Lord of the Rings license plate. And I'm like, oh my God, she's here. Fuck, she, yeah, for Frodo. And I was like, oh my God, she's here. She beat me to it. God damn it. And so I was like, we have to like race there. And he's like, okay, but we need to go take a shot. No, because- I, I don't think I said shot. I just, I think I said Faisal. So you came friends with like one of the managers there yeah. that, Okay. And, oh yeah, and so he'd always like send us free alcohol, yeah, which was like always, amazing he'd at their come prices. Have shots with us and, and so, like, have a sh- glass of champagne to celebrate your birthday. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I basically tell her, I'm like, hey, like he's like setting up some event at this at this bungalow. So and he wanted to see you for your birthday, like, so let's stop there and, and say hi. Nothing inside of you went. Wait a minute. No. Like, no, it was legit because he would always send us free shit. So I was like. Okay. And I claimed we got the reservation through him. There was no reservation. Ever. Oh yeah, there was no reservation ever. Could you imagine if I called and was like, "Hey, by the way, for the reservation, we're gonna be a little bit late, but start putting together the tables because I'm coming with the tablescape." And I got the cake. Yeah, and I'll be there. Like, no, it would have been a disaster. Good thing I was like too busy worried about like my hair. <laughs> And my and my roses individually wrapped. The bungalow I booked, I don't think I had ever been to before, so I wasn't even sure how to get to it. So then, then I think that also seemed more like genuine too, because it's like I think he's in this one. <laughs> and oh, but then we get there, and <laughs> I don't know why. And then, but there's ro- there's rose petals on the floor, but then there's this guy in a robe that's open. Right, he doesn't have he doesn't have a. Sh- he doesn't, but he doesn't have a shirt on. And I look at Avi and I go, oh, what are they doing? Filming a porno? <laughs> That's what she said, walking up to her both. I was like grossed out. I was like, oh, he wants us to come in here. What is this? I was like, the, yeah. <laughs> and Avi's like, I don't know. We'll just go in and see. And the guy's like, oh, like, are you here to see Faisal? Like, like really played into it. We're like, oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing here, you freak? Yeah. Get your film crew and get yeah. out of here. Yeah. And then no, the film the, the film crew was hidden in the in the trees at this point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were hidden in the trees. We did not see anybody. We just saw this random what I in my head thought was a creep wearing a robe with like no clothes on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being a Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, we just went down a dark path, but we're coming back. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. All right, and then so then we walk past the guy in the robe, and then we're walking towards the door, and then the guy from behind starts singing the prayer for you. The guy in the robe. The guy in the robe. He's the first one that starts singing. He starts singing, and I was like, "Well, it's my birthday." <laughs> I wait. No. Because it was my 30th, too. So I was like, hmm. And then four more people pop out and start singing. I was like, oh. I was like, is this for me? 
<laughs> Wait, I like that song. Hold on. What, what's yeah. yeah. But okay, logistically, I didn't think about having f- like four or five strangers standing there. And I, I, I froze pretty bad. You did? <laughs> I, did. I froze yeah. pretty bad. He was like, okay, can you guys go now? I asked them to leave. Yeah. And they were like, they were, they were, can you guys give us some space? Like, why? It's like you guys finished the song and like you're now you're just closing in on us to watch us and we don't know you. (laughs) Like, this is weird. Scram, just scram. Yeah. And then the ring didn't fit. (gasps) It was a little tight. Oh, I got it on. Come hell or high water. (laughs) Are you kidding? Yeah. Come hell or high water. That ring was getting on my finger. Okay, wait, but let's back up for a second. So, the singers scram. They run away. No, they, no, they didn't scram. They, they did not catch they, the they, hint. Oh, they, they, they stood there. They took they the stood. Steps back. Okay. <laughs> <they> took, <laughs> so, you have people, like, like the, you're the queen. They're, they're backstepping kind of out of the bungalow area. No, they no, stayed they there. Scram. They just they they took a, they, the they, they a few steps back. <laughs> um, into the doorway, but we're still in the courtyard. Uh, and then, so then I finished my, like, like stumble through and my, like, like ring, eight word proposal. Did you pick out the ring or did you? I knew what I wanted. Okay. I knew what I wanted. So, I saw a ring in uh, Cartier, the Cartier that I loved. And I was like, I want this ring. I've never seen it before. And it was like pair with the baguettes. And I was like, I've never seen it before. However, the one I had tried on was Platinum. And I was like, I don't love platinum with my skin tone, but like, and he had also never really like seen baguettes or anything like that. And I was like, I'll leave like the setting and stuff up to you, but I know for sure I want a pair. And like, well, we went through that journey together. We went and looked at what looked. This was after I went to Cartier. Yeah, but still, we ultimately went and looked at everything on your finger, and I think we both liked pear. And you both liked yellow gold, not no rose. Rose, rose. I went with I'm rose. A rose girl. I went with rose. So she wanted, she wanted white, white gold, I think. And then I, so that was the one thing. Oh I, yeah, sorry. The opposite was that the the ring that I tried on was in yellow gold, but I felt like I had wanted platinum. And, I didn't. and he was like, yeah, so mm, then I don't think so. I made my own adjustment on that. I was like, well, if she doesn't like it, it's like not expensive to change that part, you know, the so diamonds, the expensive part. So I like it. You got that part right. So that was good. That was good. That was good. And I always felt like I was like an antique cushion girl because yeah. I love like an antique vibe. And I felt like a pair was like a really nice medium of being modern, but feeling a little like heirloomy, but like vintagey but modern by the way i'm looking at it right now it's gorgeous so you did the baguettes you did it it still doesn't come off it's so tight no no you got it she, there's it comes it, it could come off i've gotten it off five times like i can remember like okay I got very blacked out that night and I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, Oh, my hands throbbing. And it was the ring like stuck <laughs> just like and my hand was so swollen from all the drinking. And it was just my ring like tightened around and I like called my mom and I was like, what do I do? She's like, have a cup of tea. And I like had a cup of tea and like everything like de swelled. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need to like call the ambulance, but it was, yeah. I was like, they're not cutting this off. Yeah, my mom's like, well, that's good news. You won't lose it. It's a little tight. Always practical. Gotta love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, she's full of practical tips. 
anyway, what's the most exciting part of your journey here? <laughs> oh, yeah, we should get into that. Why don't we talk about how you got into what you're doing now? Okay, so uh, first, no. Um, <laughs> first things first. I went to school for, no, I did not go to Cornell. Um, I graduated college, and I was from Washington, D.C., my sister convinced me to move to LA after graduating from a college, Mills College in Northern California, to down here. And I was, it's very funny. I got two jobs through her friends. One was to be the intern for the Academy Awards. Love it. And the other was to um, teach preschool in Santa Monica. Love, love both. So, um, I was like, this is how I know Zoe so well, which is a guest you guys will have on in the future. She taught at the same preschool. Um, so, okay. yeah. Um, so, anyway, I loved the whole experience. was so sad when, you know, after the two months of celebrating the Academy Awards with the nominees luncheon and the dinners and everything else that they had, like, Every night it was like, you know, stuffing movie posters or planning an, another dinner for the Board of Governors or something, which was super fun. Um, I started teaching. I ended up from teaching. I became a nanny and traveling assistant for the Spielbergs, worked for them, and every day was like a party. Like, we were on a movie set. We were doing something. We were going to a new town. We were trying to figure out, like cool places to eat, interesting, like, crew parties, like, all of that. Is this, like, E.T. era, or? No, this is, this is post, um, Schindler's List. This is, um, there's a Jurassic Park in there. Yeah, late 90s, mid 90s. Um, there is... Well, there's for sure Private Ryan. There is um, Jurassic Park, always a classic. Yeah, always. I mean, I know we went to Hawaii for, I think it was Jurassic Park. I don't know. Love it. Yeah. Um, There, yes, because then we were also in Northern California for for part of Jurassic Park. Um, Minority Report with Tom Cruise was in there. It worked for them for almost 10 years had so much fun. I was very serious with my now husband during this time and decided I didn't want to travel all the time and I didn't want to have somebody else's lifestyle. How did you meet your husband? I met my husband very funnily enough. Um, His dad is Clive Davis who owned Arista Records and my sister worked at Arista and she had fixed me up with her intern who was my husband so Clive's son. I didn't know anyone in New York. And, I love uh, Clive making his kids start from the bottom. No nepotism here. Like, you will start on the intern Oh, it was like a ruthless, like, internship program, too. It. And this is actually even funnier. He agreed to go out with me. I was a big deadhead. And he agreed to take me to a dead show because my sister was going to give us backstage passes and, like, 10 extra tickets for all of his friends. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll take her, whatever. She doesn't know anyone. I'll, like, introduce her around. It'll be fine. Blah, blah, blah. So he, my sister bribed him. It worked. <laughs> um, we got into a huge fight. 
huge fight. We, it was a road he trip. Didn't he didn't <laughs> even know. No, but he, like, I was, like, such the, like, and you could still tell now. I'm like, oh, you don't have water here? Take my water. He's not this person. <laughs> God bless him. He, he wanted to sell our extra tickets so that we could go to a really nice dinner. He's like, oh, oh let's send our, sell our extra tickets in the parking lot. I'm like, first of all, you got those for free. <laughs> Second of all, you're supposed to eat falafels in the parking lot. Don't you know anything? Like, it's part of the experience. Are you a deadhead or not? Yeah, I was like, uh, this is, no. Not, like, you crossed the line here. Anyway, he spent, like, the whole rest of the summer making up to me, like, writing me letters, like, taking me to all these other things. So it was very sweet. Every other concert. Yeah, every other (laughs) concert. You're right. We shouldn't have, like, that was wrong. No deadhead would ever let you, like, buy a ticket you're supposed to give them the miracle I'm like yeah that's why they call it a miracle that falafel that I could barely like you know eat was awesome rocks. <laughs> rocks. it was amazing <laughs> anyway um we were like friends for 10 years and then with the Spielbergs they had a house in East Hampton so I had started to see him in East Hampton during the summer and we just, like, fell in love, like, weirdly enough. like Over Jack Sturbrill? Kind of. <laughs> How long were you guys just, like, kind of like, oh, cool, we're both in the East Hamptons versus, like, actually, actually dating? Yeah, so then it started, um, he took me, it was Alanis Morissette had that, was the beginning of that summer. So he came over to the house and he was like playing all of us Alanis Morissette. It was like maybe May, right? He's like, this is going to be the biggest song of the summer. Just watch. Yeah, it is. And we were like, who are you? What do you think? No, you, no, it's not. We know better. Totally the hit of the summer. So he took me to the beach and he had like a little, like, I don't know, CD player, boombox thing. He was playing the song and he like reached out to hold my hand. I was like, oh. Maybe there's more here than just, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like this whole, like, Well, wow, that was the first time it felt Yeah, different, yeah. It was like, no way. huh, huh. He, it didn't even cross your mind before that? No, because I feel like he was always, like, um, I don't, he's always in motion. He's always yeah. going somewhere, doing yeah. something, and, oh, you got to listen to this. And I'd be like, oh, okay, hold on, or... <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Let me think about that for a second. You know what I mean? And it was just always, he always had someone he liked, and I almost always had someone I liked. And I think it probably was also that we weren't with somebody at that particular moment. Uh-huh, that uh-huh, was uh-huh, like, uh-huh. oh. Uh, okay, okay. You know what I wow. mean? Whereas he was always dating. Like, he wrote me, he got, um, he got bitten by a tick and got Lyme disease in college. And I have like a five-page letter he wrote me from the hospital. No way. <laughs> we were still friends. That's yeah, so like it was cool. so sweet. And so like before oh we were, so I think maybe we just weren't ready for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was actually nicer to build the relationship. And I got to tell you, it got really good. We went away to make Private Ryan and... I think this is something that's really different now is that we had to spend like three months talking or emailing each other. Oh, you and you get text. really, yeah, you get really like, you oh, know somebody so well. Shit. Well, so then you, you, you're actually understanding who you're missing versus like who you're genuinely missing that you had a connection with that you maybe 
you wouldn't have known to put that value on it until like that distance made you feel it. Yeah, you get to know them as such. Like it's not just a snap picture of you know, like yeah. oh my god, tonight we had did have the most like amazing burgers. Wow. And, like sending that. So you, you'd actually discover something through that time of separation about how you felt about somebody. A hundred percent. And now it's different because like it's like there's I think we all I think we all kind of have like ADD now, <laughs> but like. Where it's like, and, and you send I think, each other like quick dopamine. But a, no, hits. but a part of ADD is like, it's just like, what's in front of your face? It's one, it's like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, you know we, I mean? 100%. So, like, it was yeah. back to like kind of like a letter writing kind of process. Wow. Or, and the same thing on the phone calls, it would be like these, like, we'd be on the phone for like, I don't know, like four hours. You know what I mean? Going through everything. So, you really get to know somebody. Um, got back from that trip and was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't need to travel. I loved it. We had the best time, learned. We had so much fun, but I don't think I need to do this anymore. And Kate and Stephen were so gracious in the fact that they said, okay, you know, you're 32. What do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I don't know. And they were like, okay, go to DreamWorks, talk to every single executive, figure out what department you are interested in. And then let's like make no. a career. Okay. Um, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll work on a movie. He's like, okay, you want to work on a movie? What department do you want to work in? Let's, but okay, I want to do wardrobe. Okay, great. Hated it. I didn't want, like everyone, you know, I loved the four months that you did it, but I didn't love the fact that everyone was then talking about the next gig. Like, okay, what, what movie are you yeah, on yeah, next? Yeah, okay, yeah, are you yeah, in pre-production? Are you in post-production? Okay. Fleeting. Yeah, and you're like, oh my God, you always are trying to get another job. Um, so that seemed really intense to me. So I was like, I don't want to do that. So, okay, great. So go keep talking to people. And I went to special events and there's an amazing mentor who man became my mentor, Chip Sullivan, who was head of special events, marketing and PR. And he was like, okay, genius. You want to get into special events? You need to go and work on the vendor end. You know what it's like to have a party, to run a party. You've done the kids' parties. You've done rap parties. You've done all these other parties. So now you need to actually understand what the nuts and bolts are. He's mm -hmm. like, let me introduce you to Wolfgang Puck. Oh, okay. And I was like, great. Wolfgang was starting his catering company at the time. And he was like, great. I was like the fourth employee. So you were going on the other end. With Wolfgang, you were going on the other end. Learning how to be a vendor. Wow. So wow. learning what does the client want. I don't think, when the first time you told us you worked for him, that didn't click. I thought you were doing events for Wolfgang. Well, I ended up. So okay, I'm okay. like the fourth employee at the catering and events okay, company. Okay. But before that, let's hold on. So what did, what did you learn in that process of doing the vendor side? Of, of being with him and being a mm -hmm. vendor. Like... I learned that how to sell a party, like what they want for the menu, like what you should look at, what how you make your money, what you need operationally to make it happen, how many bartenders per 100 guests, mm -hmm. um, like all the ratio, what kind of, I learned staff, I learned everything. Mm. I learned so much um, from Wolfgang, the president of the company, Carl, the salesperson who I actually just did an event with the other day, Barbara Brass, like I learned so much from these people who just had been in food industry or hospitality for so many years. And Wolfgang, like, how do you set up a buffet? Well, if you're a caterer, you're going to set your cheap food at the beginning. Everyone's going to fill it up. 
on that, and then you go to your meats and your more expensive ones. If anybody is at our wedding and that's the setup of our buffet, mind your business. <laughs> the bread and the pasta is the first thing you see. <laughs> or the potatoes and the vegetables. No. <laughs> well, we should do that. We should ask for the opposite from our caterer. <laughs> As long as, as long as it doesn't, like, yeah, we'll, we'll trick them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's just, it's funny how you like all, like all the stuff that you learn. Um, so then, yeah, well, so we, I, t I took you, but yeah, so what the Wolfgang process. So then he got me into doing his, like, personal events, like his Which was like, his how often? Wedding. What were they exactly? Oh, oh, oh his it would be everything. Events. Yeah, his personal events oh, okay. to do. I thought it was like the, for the company, events for the company. It would be like all the bigger VIP events for the company. Would you do like a, events for like launching new restaurants? So it would be traveling. Like so at the time he was really expanding the um, company. So we went from two cities to 10 cities. Wow. So it was doing the RFPs for venues, right? So we had to get into figuring out. What are RFPs? So a uh, request for a proposal. Uh, okay. So if you're a caterer at this, you would want um, a museum. So LACMA will do an RFP to see who their next caterer will be. Uh, okay. So you have to do like a whole proposal of what would make you different. Or if you're Dodger Stadium, there would be a RFP that would go out that all the big companies like so, Levy Brothers and Restaurant Associates and Compass out of the UK would bid on doing all the food service. Wow. So learned kind of that, but the other thing that we found that I had a knack for was going in and setting up like, okay, not only is this what we would bring to the table culinary-wise, but this is the look we would do. These are how the buffets or the special events would be, and then hosting and organizing special events to court the client to mm -hmm. launch this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that was really great. And then it was like flying all over the place to look for new venues, to have VIP parties, or my gosh, St. Louis. Like we went everywhere. Like mm -hmm. we went on, one time we had the best time. We were in North Carolina and he decided that we had to find the best fried chicken. So we, <laughs> in one day, in a limousine, mind you, we pull up to every fried chicken place, I swear to God. He's like, no, trash, <laughs> throwing it out the window. <laughs> and he That's would make me run in. <laughs> I'd be like, hi, we're here. Um, do you have like just a little bit of fried chicken? And we like, would have eaten. So it was like every place we would go, we'd be like, okay, what is the quintessential food of this, this area? Uh -huh. And we would try, it would be like <laughs> New Orleans, it would be the same thing. We want to think we went on another like fried chicken binge there. What, what did you think was driving him like to do that? Like, was it just genuine love of food? For him, it's a lot of different things. I think it's being a showman. Okay. I think deep down he really does love the show and okay. he really has a passion for the food. Um, and he, he always said that he loved that people come to the restaurant to see him, to experience the food. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's everything. It's, you're definitely about the cuisine, but more importantly, it's the, 
relationship with the people that are coming to you. It's like every one customer is really 10 customers, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because they're going to say, we love your sandwich. We want, we love the way it's wrapped. We're going to tell our friend about it. Exactly. Well, I meant more specifically, like how he would treat every city he'd go to and was like, I like, oh, he's a kid. He's, he's a, just gen he's genuine just a love of like, I want to just experience the best fried chicken I can. Yeah. Right it would be like, oh, we have a 10 o'clock meeting. Okay. At 930, we decide to go to every single, you know, fried chicken place that there is, you know, yeah. and be like, let's have some fun in here. Okay. We're done. Yeah. Let's go. What restaurant do we want to eat at? Yeah. Did you scope it out? Did you call that chef? Oh, I heard about this one chef. Let's go check his food out. Yeah. And yeah, there's a whole curiosity, kids, like, like, um, Joy Devit, like he just, he loves life and he wants to see it and know uh, it and experience it. Yeah. I don't, I bumped into him in Sardinia a couple <laughs> summers ago and he like climbing out of the ocean. I'm like, what, what are you doing here? It's like, I love the restaurant here. I take a swim and then I come up and I have lunch and I'm like, Oh my God, you're tireless. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's more energy than me. <laughs> you're like, calm down, take a nap. <laughs> it's a day off, you don't have to go anywhere. And it's like he's climbing out of like the Mediterranean for a special lunch at a restaurant. I'm like, okay, how does that even happen? <laughs> wow. I mean, I get it. Like, I think if, if, I, if I was like, I think I'm always pursuing the best of like, just on a, as a consumer. Yeah. I always want to find the best of like any particular thing. So like if I, if I ever found like the perfect, if I found like this perfect chicken sandwich I loved yeah. in LA, I would have never even created the sandwich that made Carla possible. It was more, I had to create it because it like kind of didn't exist, but it sounds like similar. Like he just genuinely enjoys. And for me, it's the same. It's like, I just, I genuinely enjoy the best. And like when, when I do feel like the best of something already exists, then I don't even really try to chase that because I'm like that that's fulfilled. You know, I kind of, I try to fill the holes with what I create. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I think it's exactly that. It's like, um, he and his first wife, Barbara used to always host a Seder right every year for Passover. So he decided he was going to make the best gefilte fish that anyone ever had. <laughs> so... <laughs> He was sending guys to, you know, Nate and Al's up the street so he could taste test them. He was like, every deli in L.A., he had like a taste of their gefilte fish. He's like, I can make it better. I can make it better. So, I mean, I think it is. It's the, the learning or the wanting to always do the best and to take something that's standard and make it your own and make it what you really think is the best, yeah, which yeah. I think he really does do that. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> so so then where, where did you progress to so how did that so then I got married oh my god and I had was lucky enough to have Wolfgang and um gosh the whole team helped me plan my wedding so no that way. was fantastic no I got married it's a restaurant that doesn't exist anymore it's called the Four Seasons it was in the Seagram building in New York it was a really special restaurant it had like a pool in it we had done a James Beard dinner there Love. and um I was like, oh, this is so special. And Wolfgang's like, yeah, yeah, you should get married here. This is the best. Like, this is so beautiful. Like, so there's a front room, and then the back room has a pool. Mm -hmm. And it's just really sophisticated, really beautiful. It had um, 
Picasso had done a backdrop for a play, and in the hallway between the two rooms, it had the backdrop wow. that Picasso had painted. No. So beautiful. It's just a really, really beautiful. What happened in the space? It's a new restaurant now. I can't remember what it's called. I haven't been there. I'm sure every New Yorker in the world knows what it's called now and has probably been there. It's just, it's amazing. So he's like, yeah, I went to Clive, and I was like, what do you think? And he's like, oh, it's my favorite restaurant in New York. Let's do it. Let's, let's have this wedding here. So Love that's, we got, I got married there. Then I had kids a couple of years after that and decided, mm, my kids were having me. One of my oldest son had a lot of health problems, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to work. I need to take a break. So I was taking a break, and then I was driving my husband and everyone else crazy because I had, like, reorganized, redecorated, repainted, anything you could possibly do, I had done, because I'm just like a nervous nilly and I have to always yeah. be doing stuff. Yeah. So again, Chip Sullivan from DreamWorks came into my life and took me out to lunch and he's like, honey, you need to go back to work. You cannot like color coach your kids' shoes anymore. You wow. gotta go to work. How old are your kids at this point? My son was two. I don't think I had my daughter yet. Okay. One and, he was like one, one and a half, and he's like, this is bad. Wow. You're like categorizing diapers. And <laughs> <laughs> well, did you know? Like, did, like, were you like, were you conscious of like? I was making hat, every... like this is a, this is crazy. <laughs> every meal was like a buffet because I was like learning like all these different recipes. Like you're, you're like bread like, deposits the most expensive <laughs> things at the end. Don't, Don't take, take too, too much. much. <laughs> okay, you get one tender per meal. <laughs> um, no, it was great, but he. He was like, okay, you've got to go. And there's a, a woman who ran Merv Griffin's event company, which was great, called um, Carlene Cappelletti. And she was fantastic. And she had, like, every fashion brand, actually. Like, she had Rolex, and she had Chanel, and she had Hermes. And they all, she did all their parties. And she's like, oh, just come, because that's, like, a level of detail that you really like, obviously, if you're, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> lining up your son's, you know, nuts in size of, like, oh, your Cheerios are all You're this size. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going a little crazy there. Um, so I did that and had the best time with them, like, literally had another kid while working with Carlene and her group, and um, I realized that I love it, and then with them, it was part of a much larger group and they had really large margins and everyone kept on asking, can you do so-and-so's wedding? Can you do so-and-so's, you know, other personal event? And she's like, we really can't. We have to like, you know, our margins are based on corporate. So she would have me go and do these parties oh. for her. And she's like, you need to start your own company. Just, I'll feed you like social events. Just that's what you should do. Then you don't have to travel so much. I was getting, I think I just had my second baby. She's like, you can stay a little, I mean, because we were like with Rolex all over the world in India for like a month at a time. <clears throat> so it was really exciting, really great. And then she's like, launch your own company. So that's what I did. Mm. Started with fundraising and social. Okay. Because I couldn't do either of those for them. Oh, okay. So I was like happy to do it. Did something for the Children's Hospital, something for UCLA. So it was. What are doing those events like? They're usually a lot of committee members. So it's a lot of people who have ideas that oh want to make it their own. So it's uh, a lot. That's a nightmare, right? Well, it's, <laughs> a lot of cooks in the kitchen. it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And it's like, unless you have a really strong leader or they're willing to be like, you know what? I'm going to focus on 
raising money. Yeah. You focus on the party or I'll give you yeah, these right. ideas or whatever. It a lot of times is a communal effort though, right? It's uh, coming right. up with the idea of, oh, this is great. You're gonna do a circus theme event. I know the perfect person that could host it that could bring in a lot of money. You know, so like, cause it's all about generating fun and money and awareness for whatever cause it is. And bringing in new members too. So it's like creating like an event that's, you know, exciting enough for people to want to come. Right. You need want people to come back, but you also right. need to keep your, your revenue going. Right. And so, keep like, like the, the mainstayers happy. Exactly. And you know, those people, they love their ideas to come to <laughs> fruition. So it started with fundraising. Fundraising so, and social. So uh, we started doing like weddings for a lot of the people that we had been doing corporate jobs for. What, what, year, what year did you start the company? 10 years ago. Okay. So... Well, eight years ago. Okay. And then like, was it just like kind of rapid, rapid growth, like rapid organic growth? I got to tell you, like knock on wood, um, COVID was not great. COVID was like the worst thing, but I got, I think it helped kind of clean out the industry a lot of people who really didn't want to be there that were cranky and not, Uh yeah, you know, you have a lot of vendors or people who are working for you um, or subcontractors who had done it for a million years and it kind of gave them the chance to reprioritize and and change their things and it made you think more creatively and maybe change... um, evolve, I guess, how you would do things. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting. Um, it's always been word of mouth and I've been really, really lucky. Never advertised, never, um, I barely do social media. I wish I would. I knew I have to like really kind of give it more of an effort. I don't, I don't necessarily agree. Really? Like, oh, I just, I think word of mouth is the best. I think word of mouth. Uh, yeah. And I just, I don't yeah. think, I, th- I don't think social media needs to be forced. You know what I mean? I it's think it like, has to feel natural. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Why, why would it would almost, it's, it, it, I feel like it has to be unique to like how the brand is functioning. And I think for you, it might make sense to not, do you know what I mean? It depends what your goals are. But, like, I don't know if you'd want, you know, random referrals. Like, I don't think you'd want people coming across you on social media necessarily. I, mean, I don't know. We will be tagging Harper Sloan production, but. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate it. No, I don't there know. For well, so I long, I had people who a, wouldn't I'm, let me take, like, I couldn't document what they had. I mean, right. yeah, because it was just, for them, it was either, you know, they didn't want anyone to know what they were doing because of their notoriety, or they wanted it to feel like it was their event, which I get, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So I think that, or I would be so busy with the next one, I'd be like, oh yeah, those pictures are great, but what are we, you know, like. Yeah, I'm on to the next, Yeah, like I'm tired of that idea already. Like like we did Valentine's Day, like I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe I just made a assumption. I could be wrong. Uh, We should talk about it a little bit. So like what, what would be your goals? Let's say, let's say you had a social, what, what would you want? Would you want, would you be okay with like just getting DMS from, from random people and not really having a direct reference from them? And I think that's, I think you're right. And I like having the network 
that I have, I feel like it's really great that I know where I, I know you from. Like yeah. I know where, I, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we have a point of, of mutual reference um, that everyone I've ever worked with, yeah. there's been some line that intersects so that makes sense. why would you ever do it differently? You know, and yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. you could do what we do, which is you could keep it private where it, it because then it's for your network. It's like, imagine it's people that already have a relationship with you, but then it's more like, we get then we get this like live reference point of like maybe you could post an event we're like oh cool we like this that you did and then you know like it might it might have some value there you know what i mean and then and then it still stays referral based you know so then it's just more something for the community for your community i really think you're on to that the only thing right now that i've really been spending a lot of time thinking about is that i'm really into the idea of learning and teaching I'm into the idea of, Love it. right? Like, I just worked with like two people that I've never worked with before that have their own companies that I'm, I was really like map projection and I'm obsessed with this guy. And I think that his company is amazing. Um, like he did the side of a building. And I learned so much from working with him. You know what I mean? And I also think it's about teaching other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. So this is a craft, right? Yeah. It may, you know, it's for sure a business, but it's as hands-on as it gets. I've never yeah. met anybody from who, you know, people who've done events at the White House, they're still folding the napkins half the time. You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Like mm -hmm. you're always, when you're doing events, you're gonna be doing some of the dirty work and you're gonna be doing some of the, you know, really fun things too, like running the shows or meeting the talent or whatever it is. But I think that there's something to that. So if I could, and maybe again, if it was a private social media thing, that that would be good. Because I think that some people do learn, like I learn from exactly. other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, that was genius how they did, you know, the block coloring on the tablescape. Yeah. Love when Jeff Lethem hangs a, hangs a Christmas tree upside down. Anything Jeff does. <laughs> I like I bow to him. I, I learn so much all the time. Yeah. And then I think it just also feels like a community for everybody, you know, because everyone builds such a close relationship with you throughout the process. Yeah. And then like, so I, I feel like I would naturally, anybody that I know had an affiliation with you, I would feel a connection to because I have a connection with Claire. Claire has a connection with them. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a little, it feels like a little community, you know, so. Well, and do, making their dreams come true, right? Because any event, even if it's a corporate event or a fundraising event, you're making someone's ideas. Yeah. Like that's what I, the game that I'm into is like, I'm making whatever you see happen. Yeah. Like you said you wanted 17 long stem roses. There they are. And here's the, right. you know. You're taking it from yeah. like mood board to visual, like right in front of your face. Which part of the process is most fulfilling for you? For me, it's the, um, the little details, believe it or not. It's like the craziest thing. It's like, like day of event details? Day of event, like, and it makes me giddy. Like I get so excited. I'm like, oh my God, we printed this picture from, you know, your parents' wedding or your great grandma's wedding, and that's why we're at this location, and that was the nod we were trying to get, or it's the bunnies, you know, at that one wedding. Like that little detail was like everything to me. And I mean, it's such a long payoff. 
you know what I mean? it's crazy it's crazy like like if you think about like for i mean i'm sure we're gonna be a little abnormal in how long it takes but like still like the time of like first meeting about it and like the things that might come up in that first meeting and then throughout the process to get there yeah and i think for you too i just the payoff for sure will be your guest experience yeah like i feel like it'll be the cocktail upon arrival or whatever it is are you gonna be there on, on, yeah. i'm yeah. there the whole weekend because first of all uh, yeah party? oh yeah what it, what is this that we're drinking Rose now oh yeah we're somehow we're having these and somehow it's like is now the time to tell you that i want a homemade cannoli maker to like come around with a little apron and start stuffing canoles. How great would that be, though? Imagine like everybody just has like a little canole. <laughs> I don't think I've, I don't think Jessica's ever. I don't think I've ever seen her eat a cannoli, <laughs> but I love it. No, because I'm a, a skinny cannoli. legend. Yeah. But I love the idea of everybody like having a little canole. How did you come up with that? A little canole. Uh huh. What made you think of a canole? <laughs> I just feel like that'd be By so the way, fun. I just see people like the greasy yumminess of yeah. that with the cream. Yeah, I love it. Like, imagine, like, I'm a into it. an apron, like, having, like... The messiness of it freaks me out. It's not like a on-the-go. It's like a... It's people are like in But that's probably, you know, like, the people who go around and, like, chuck the oysters to yeah. you table yeah. side. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what it is. You know is. what? Mini might help it be... If it's bite-sized. Imagine if it's bite-sized. You just... Full thing, full thing goes What, you thought I was talking about, like, a four-inch canole? Yeah. No, yeah, I'm talking I about, thought, like, a little mini canole. I thought you were just calling regular canole. No, 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 like a little, <laughs> little canole. <laughs> oh, the details on this wedding are going to be so exciting. Well, we have the canole passer. Hold on. Don't worry. Now that it's like abroad, hopefully Avi won't be like pushing for psilocybin. What is it? Psilocybin. What is that? Ma- magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. Remember in, uh, in Colorado, he was trying to push for magic mushrooms. You're like, mm, that's illegal. <laughs> By the way, I have had one wedding. Where's oh, part? I, <laughs> <laughs> I have no, I did one event. We had a mushroom bar. Oh. It was a Malibu wet, not wedding. It was like a Malibu Friday night crazy party. Just a regular, Just a regular uh, thing. But they had maybe like, I mean, it was a full on bar. You could pick or choose, and there was a person that told you how to microdose and everything else, so that was very safe. We had like a paramedic on site. <laughs> this is the kind of party I <laughs> And then, Love conversely, it was actually another wedding, not a wedding, but another Malibu event. As the welcome gift in the basket, we handed we had edibles, but then we had to go and have a graphic artist design a really cool. Um, like warning, like this is how much, if, if you don't realize this, this is not for kids, like, because what if someone gave it to their kids? And if you do want to partake, please have like one and a half gummy bears per two hours or something like that. We had to tell them like everything. It was the funniest thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> Love it. And they were like in a special Ziploc thing that like you could only get into if you were like, you know, a mathematical genius. We got a little nervous because you're pretty far out. Like, ah, <laughs> no, <it was> a <laughs> little... and I don't know if they have an urgent care out at near Zuma. I don't even. I think that they probably. I think if like something happens to you out in Zuma, they're probably like, "Oh, I'll keep walking." Yeah, you're like, go down to Cafe Habana. Somebody down there's got something. Who is the first something. to bring up the concern, though? <laughs> um, the responsible party. <laughs> Being Claire. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, just because people get really like, they don't know what they're doing, and then they're like things, oh, it doesn't hit me, it didn't hit me, it didn't yeah, hit me. Yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, then they're really messed up. What do you do? I love yeah. that you thought about that. You're like, if, yeah. You're oh, right. yeah. If you're going to oh, serve yeah. it. And we had drivers yeah, that could take people home that night. Genius. Like Uber codes and stuff. Yeah. Avi brought mushrooms to Christmas one year. <laughs> <laughs> she, loves, she loves to tell people this. We barely felt it. <laughs> well, that doesn't mean you didn't bring it to Christmas. Merry Christmas! Hi! This is how you celebrate, right? Did everyone love it? Was it the hit of Christmas? Only me and uh, Jessica's dad took it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's even better. On... They claim they didn't feel it. They looked like they were on another planet. <laughs> the pictures from Holland. Yeah. <laughs> they're in their little Christmas sweaters, yeah. but instead of actually looking at the camera, they're yeah. like... Avi finally enjoyed Christmas, though. Do you hate, <laughs> Do you hate Christmas? Oh, man. We're... I like as a Jew love no, no, Christmas, no, no, no. by the way. First of all, I don't I didn't have any relationship with Christmas. Uh yeah. Except for everything being closed, right? I don't know. It has nothing to do with Christmas. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if the issue's with Christmas. The issue is like My family's very intense with Christmas. It, no, it's just no 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 no. It, there's a way that I am with family events, whether it's my side or Jessica's side. Okay. The way I am is like I just want like a three, four hour window and I want to get back to my own time. <laughs> what happens at, at Christmas is like, it's like we're there for like 12 hours straight. So it's like a marathon. It's a marathon, not a sprint. It's a it's marathon. marathon. And there's mushrooms. And he has been, tra he has been training all, this all these years for this marathon. No. Whereas no. I have. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, and I don't, yeah, right, so I don't have, like, a, a connection, it's not like, I'm not, like, excited for Christmas, I never celebrated it. You know, well, so. and it's not like a party. No, he has a stocking, though. Oh. <laughs> okay, just, hopefully Tammy doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, she love that I shout out your stocking. I, I still think you might have the coolest dad ever. Yeah, your, yeah, your yeah. fiance brings home mushrooms mm. to your family Christmas. And your dad actually partakes. Yeah, no, my dad's that's, dope. That's pretty cool. My dad's probably the sickest dad. Yeah, no, he's definitely down. He ended up, I don't know if he'd want me to say this. He ended up, like, keeping the rest of the mushrooms <laughs> and taking them the next weekend. And, like... Did he have a good experience? Apparently, he had the best time of his life, but my mom said he was, like, holding on to the walls <laughs> because he claimed he didn't feel it that much on Christmas. <laughs> so he took more and my mom said he was literally hanging on to the walls, which may or may not be accurate. I gotta tell you, some of my clients, like it's a big thing now, this no. micro oh, dosing. Like, like, yeah, and they're like everyone's like, Yeah, I don't have anxiety anymore. I can do all I was like, What? Oh, yeah. It's like anxiety healing. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. I haven't tried it yet. I'm too scared. See, I'm me too. Scared. I'm too paranoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm See, like, no, I go, not for me. The I'm the monkey. I need to explain. Okay, <laughs> this is going to be educational for you guys and the listeners. This is, and I, I've preached this to Jessica several times. I don't know if she believes me. Weed makes me extremely paranoid. So, like, weed, like, especially, like, the first 15 minutes, and I still do it all the time for some reason, <laughs> but the first... But the first 15 minutes, I'm, like, running through, like, every mistake I made in my life. I'm, like, beating myself. I'm, like, my, like, uh, my heart's beating out of my chest. And I'm, like, extremely I should have done a steak sandwich. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, was the bread too hard today? 
Well, yeah, because he's a perfectionist. Like, I'm just and learning like, this. Me, on the other hand, like, I'm like very chill immediately, which normally I'm not. Like, I'm very high anxiety, high strung, and then I like become like immediately very chill, and then I need to eat everything in sight. <laughs> so he's like trying to overanalyze, and I'm like, okay, where's like the nearest? like nectarine like i don't know where's like give me some fries and anything (laughs) yeah but so mushrooms zero paranoia there's zero it's nothing like it it's nothing like it mushrooms i would say and i have only microdose so i've never taken enough to hallucinate okay so full trip like we'll put that aside that's its own thing and i don't have any experience but if you take a little bit it's great to drink with Okay, like they go together really well. Um, also, if you just took a little bit, how I would describe it is um, it's like more like the sensation of alcohol than it is like weed, but it's like minus the fogginess. It's like it's more of like the fun parts of alcohol, but with like clarity. It's weird. And then how do you feel the next day? Amazing. Like the opposite. Like anti-anxiety you know like you drink you wake up with like if you drink too much you wake up with anxiety the next day no zero like you feel great the next day yeah we should try it i have some (laughs) stay tuned for the next podcast (laughs) (laughs) we'll have an uber and a paramedic here and will try it yeah literally that's exactly that's that's exactly Because Jessica's like, if I, like, when she's like, okay, if, when I try it, it's going to have to be, like, outside of Cedars. No, I know, but aren't you worried about the people at Cedars thinking you're such a loser? Like, that's the other thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be like that person. Actually, that never crossed my mind. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that would, yeah. Maybe they you know, like I the person. You gave that. her another layer of paranoia. <laughs> <laughs> I never. I'm always like, oh yeah. And I'm I like at Cedars, and they're like, "What do you mean you microdose too many?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I know it's a very fine line. It's a very fine line. Maybe we could just hire like a paramedic op that's like not on the clock and like can drive fast. No, I think you hire a total paranoid. Yeah, I agree. That just can just be there in the corner, very quiet. How much is per hour? Yeah, per hour. I want it. They're they're not cheap. I want to say they're like two hundred bucks or something like that. But we could do that. Like two fifty? No. Now. And literally, they sit there with like the kit. They have like a whole station. Jessica, what are we doing? How do you even think that that's not expensive? That's like a night nurse. Yeah, it is. No, yeah, no, only, no, no, but it's worth it. I mean, come you on. You need it for like four hours, no, probably. No, because like she'll, within two hours, she'll realize she's fine. She'll be like, okay, go home. You know what I mean? Oh, she's no. Like, See, yeah. I'd be worried about coming down. I'd be like, no. oh, okay. I'd be like, what is going to happen to me? Is it like when I think I haven't had too many? At 10 o'clock. I'm going to bed by 12, and he's here until I wake up. And he's checking my pulse every hour. By the way, it might be worth it. I think so. Yeah, if it gets you over, the way I look at it, it's not for that one time. It'll get her over the fear for every other time. It's a lifetime of doing shrooms. (laughs) (laughs) How do you put a price? How do you put a price on a lifetime of shrooms with your wife? (laughs) Yeah, this is Christmas as a Jew. This is it. This is what we do. Yeah. Just bring the medic to the whole wedding. 
That's right. true. <laughs> By the way, an Italian medic in the butt. <laughs> is it a stripper or Sounds is it an Italian medic? And we might not be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Don't know. I'd be like, you I don't know. I was microdosing. I don't know if I hired the stripper or if I hired the paramedic. It also might be the band. I don't know. <laughs> Depending on how remote our location is, it's true. It could be. One of them's a stripper. One of them's a real medic. <laughs> <laughs> it's for you to decide. But by the way, someone once told me this about um, ecstasy. It's all about the environment. If you feel safe in the environment, you're going to have the best experience. Yeah. So whatever it is, if you like loud things, if you like quiet things, if you like, like oh. set up the environment for success. Yeah. Which I kind of think is true about parties. Have you ever Ooh. Right? What yeah. do you, you know what I mean? That was kind of... Right. A What's weird way to put it. Yeah. Like, what do you want it to have? I have a, I, I could either be in party mode or socializing mode. Like the two don't mix well for me. So like a, a, a part of it is like hearing. It's like if the music's on, first of all, if music's on yeah. and music's loud and it's music that I want to listen to, I don't want to hear anyone. I don't, don't talk to me. <laughs> That's how I am. Like if I'm really into a song and someone starts talking, yeah. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm, I'm zoned in but then so then don't mess with my jam. yeah don't mess with my jam but then um I'm just I'm trying to think for like perfect environment for it's like I think I've always imagined like a little getaway like a like like that's why I always like the hookah lounge or something something where it's like a quieter getaway I could go actually have some like actual conversations with some people if I want to converse and then go back to the party it's like the VIP room you need to have the little I need that. It's like the like I need the quiet, but I need the yeah, party. Yeah. Like that, my dream is to be able to like go between the two as the night. Like, Who invented a VIP room? Was it an, a, like intrinsically like an introvert? Because that's pretty fascinating. Well, now I'm getting a little confused. The VIP room is it like the stripper VIP room or is it like the table service VIP room? Table service. Because yeah. I'm thinking of music. Because I feel like. Stripper VIP room, you're not really yeah. about the music. Yeah, so I think I used the wrong term there, but um, yeah. originally, but yeah. I, people wanted to make more money. I think it came out of like one of the great like bar promoters, right? And mm -hmm. understanding that there's people like Avi that want to have these like quiet spaces, but also then that they go can and retreat to join right? the party. Yeah. And then they want to go up and dance on the floor and then they want to retreat mm -hmm. to these other areas, right? And I'm going to pay you more. I'm going to sell this to you and you're going to buy it because you mm -hmm. can have both now. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait. We'll get back to your profession <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so, so, like, what... Well, first of all, how many clients can you handle at a time? How does managing that work? It gets really tricky when, like, post-pandemic, I'm not going to lie, there were a couple of times when I had literally three parties on one day <gasps> and it was awful and one was because the venue a really amazing venue who, that I love 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 to pieces messed up on their dates and they only could give me give my client back a date that I already had something on <sighs> and so I was like but you have to this is their dream thing like I'd rather I'll figure myself out internally so it was like having three different crews and going to three different Wait, things. Wait, how did the third happen? Because you were okay had, doing two, but then the third was The third was an earlier uh, in the day. And I was like, oh, I can do that, when I, especially uh, when I thought I only had the one. 
That just reminds, like, that makes me think of, like, when I oversell sandwiches, how stressed I am. I'm like, Shit. And it's just not, I mean, again, coming out of the pandemic, I think everyone made choices that probably weren't their best choices. But even when I used to work for really large event companies, there would literally be days when we, like, it just inevitably happens that something has to reschedule or whatever that we'd have like either back to back, like on a Friday night and a Saturday night, two of our biggest events. Like I literally remember being with a group of Swiss executives in New York City saying, oh yeah, don't worry. The rest of the team will be here later. They're over at the venue looking at X, Y, and Z and they were doing another event. And I was like working for another company and I had to, that was the company line. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Wow. But even outside of the day of the event, is how about juggling? How about how much juggling can you do? How does that work? There's some clients who are like, "Here, I want to do this. Plan it. I don't care. Yeah. Check in with me afterwards, or you know, they'll have one or two criteria. They only care about the date. They only care about the location, or they only care about their price. Right? Mm -hmm. Then there are other people who I love to pieces who it is a small dinner party, a birthday dinner at a restaurant, like it's self-contained, everything is, and it's 12 people, but it'll take you just as much time as this person's 150 people. Right. Because it's every napkin, every straw, every, oh, yeah. the balloons that got delivered, literally I've had someone say, can you just take out the one pink one and that one and the one, like literally that specific. Huh. like rework everything that they've already done and everything that you've already gotten okay and approval on probably two more times, like up until when the guest is coming in. Oh, and you're like, yeah. wait a minute, this is like a party for 12 people at a restaurant. It's only one table in the restaurant. Calm down. Yeah. How do you figure out, like without, without us putting an actual price on it, but like how do you figure out how to charge like smaller events versus larger events? It's like really hard. Usually I try to do it like how many hours do I think I'm really going to have okay. to do it. So I usually try to break it down to hours. But then <clears throat> there'll be certain things that you can't. And there's a reason why you love it. Do you love it because of um, the client? Do you love it because this is a location you've always wanted to work in? And can you balance that? Mm. or can you make it so you don't have to spend so much time to it? I mean, there literally are certain people who are like, nope, I just like it that you're there, and I, this is what I want, and it'll take you half an hour to plan the event, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. you do it, and then you execute it super, super easy, and you just have to be there later on, and there's other people that are literally like, hmm, can we refinish the floor tonight? Yeah. Because I just decided, even though we all signed off on the black floor, I really want a white floor. Oh, my God. And you're like, we can make it happen. I mean, like, literally. <laughs> you're like, I suppose. You know, I love how you're not. Because like, I, like, it, I guess it's different because of your profession, but I think I'd be, like, more, like, boundary-wise. Like, I don't even want to open the door to me, like, figuring out if I can do it. And, like, it's kind of, like. I'm just going to tell you I can't. Maybe I could, but it's like, because then if I open the door, I might work to do it. And then if it fails, then you're going to be more pissed off or something. You know, it's like, I don't know. I'd almost like. I think I have this weird, like, survivor, crazy mentality. Like, literally this summer, I had someone call me from boarding a plane in Paris, said, we've decided after 15 years of being together and three kids later, we want to get married in two days in our backyard. 
and we want this, this, and this to happen. Wow. And this, so this was Friday, maybe morning for me, Friday evening for them. They wanted to get married Sunday night, and they had to, I mean, everything. Yeah. And yeah. how do you do that? Well, everything's close. Like, I had to, like, they wanted to drape. They wanted to have it catered. They wanted a wedding cake. They needed an officiant. If they someone needed does a, that, is it, they're, they, they're just like, I have no budget, right? They have to know, like, no, if I want to do it, I want to. No, client is like, this is not my real wedding, so I don't want to spend that much money. I came back to, came and they kept on adding things. <laughs> no. So I'd be like, okay, 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 okay. Came back to them. Like, like, I didn't. I was like, at the end of it, I go, listen, I know you wanted to spend X, but. but here's your bill. Yeah. I was like, I kept it as streamlined. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. I didn't have the pricing on half of these because we literally did it while businesses were closed. Yeah. They weren't working. They didn't have their accounting departments going. This is, you know. Here's your guest this count. Is, this yeah, is exactly this, what you wanted you to have the to understand team. That's what comes with. Yeah. Like, okay, it's like, that's a big baller move. You gotta, you know, have I mean, the you big have baller be, budget to back it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they do, and they, but I got it too at the same time. So that even made it like that next level of like, okay, survivor, wedding planner edition on a budget. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, hold on. And where was the real wedding? They're going to do it next year. So this just happened. Oh, my God. Okay, got it. And, like, they wanted, like, a floral arch and, a like, a, I mean, it was a lot. It wasn't just, like, okay, we're going to get married in our backyard. We just need the, you Let's know. Let's just hold a, hands. Yeah, the officiant. No one's really coming, so don't worry. No, it was, like, a DJ and a make this into a dance floor and make this into a dance room oh and make this God. one into, like, a you know, Parisian backyard soiree. And like, it was a little, okay. I'm curious to know like what happened to them in Paris where they're like, yes, let's do it in 48 hours. They, um, the husband manages a really big band. Okay. And it was like a very romantic, very beautiful show. Okay. Was it Harry Styles? No, but it was like, I think it was like a magical, like embrace your love right now kind of. Come like, on. I'm not kidding you. Not kidding you. Come on. Not kidding. They were both crying at the end of the wedding. Like this, it had like a lot of things. Like something really incredible happened. That can't happen without drugs, though. (laughs) (laughs) They they might have been microdosing. (laughs) 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 No, like I love it, and I think it doesn't. It doesn't ruin that it's special. I just don't think. I don't think we're like capable of doing that. (laughs) Literally, like we were. We planned a wedding via text because that's That's all that would work. On a Friday. To a Sunday. Yeah. Were they Jewish? Husband's Jewish. Wife is Christian. Okay. I mean, like, flying people in. Like, it was a lot of stuff happening. Oh, my God. Love it. <laughs> Let's just add more drama. I, I feel like you have to learn a lot about people in like, with what you do. I, that's what I love, though. I think that's why I, like, someone was asking me. But what do you do if you hate someone? No, I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever worked... Even people who I was really challenged by, like once I, would, I loved the mother and the daughter was very different and the event was actually for the you daughter never with by that the I despised. No. A, I don't really hate anybody. 
Like, it would be a lot. You'd have to be like, I'm an axe murderer oh, who, uh, you know, wants to come after you. You have a lot of things. I have a lot you of, I, it's like that old school teacher in me. I'm like, okay, honey, what do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> it all, hold on, this all circles together. She treats us all like preschoolers. <laughs> like, <laughs> Remember the first time when she met us and she was like, I'm just like really calm. And I was like, I've never been calm in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, no. It's because it's like, it's also like, you've, I have to deal with fire marshals and stuff yeah. like that. I've literally had live flames at a place I wasn't supposed to have live flames and had like an incident where a wait staff tripped and hurt themselves. The paramedics and the fire marshal came during a presentation by a CEO to his board of directors that didn't want to know any of this is happening. And I have probably like a room full of candles. And I'm not supposed to have any flames there, and I'm not permitted for any flames. And I have the the fire marshal saw my plans. He like stamped them, so he knows exactly what to expect when he walks in the room. And I had to be like, do I go and blow out all the candles really quickly during this presentation? (laughs) I had every like the wait staff like turn their backs so the guy couldn't really see into the main room. And I. You just went up to all of them. You're like, oh, I need all of you guys yeah. to the wait staff. I, I told them, yeah, I need all of you guys. turn this way. The, the, I mean, literally, the CEO is speaking. No, nope. the CEO is speaking. So I'm like, okay, that's distracting the people in the room. They're looking at the CEO. I'm like, stand as tall as you can stand. Like, even put your like arms up or whatever. And they're like, okay. And they just did it. And then I like had the paramedics with the dolly and like the gurney. And the fire marshal, I walked them over and I was like, oh my God, okay, how do I get them out of here faster? I'm like, oh, here you go. Here's the bag that she, you know, that she should take to the hospital. Okay, like what paperwork do you need to have happen? And I'm like, literally throwing them out the door. And I mean, literally like there's the whole thing. It's like this, this candle lady who's like amazing called Vogue Candles and she has the most amazing candles in the world. And I really wasn't supposed to have any candles there, but like their whole thing was about fire and something. I was like, oh great, we'll do candles. Oh my God. I have one thing I wanted to ask you about. So before we met, you made sure you went and bought sandwiches. You went and bought sandwiches. You didn't tell us. And, and... I thought that was so cool, but I want to, I want you to walk us through the thought process of like, you know, you're about to meet some new clients and it's like, you wanted to, yeah, tell us. Cause I've done the opposite before. So I've not known what I was, who I was talking to or why I was talking to them and didn't do my homework and just showed up at a meeting uh-huh. and realized that I really should have done my homework. I think it's really important to know who and what someone's about before you meet with them. And you thought you could figure out what we're about just from trying the sandwiches? A bit. Like, not everything, obviously, right? I don't mean it in a way that I'm offended. I think there's something interesting there that I think people could make. I think especially I felt like it was not only your livelihood, but it was also a passion project. So then I could understand where your passions were. Like, where, yeah, I think, it, I think it's really insightful. I think if it's buying a magazine that somebody's, you know, has the article that's in there or that they produce or listening to someone's music before you meet with them or eating someone's food or, you know, going and looking at their clothes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, they designed this or this is what they wear, this and that and the other thing. Like, what why? That help you, what does that help you learn going into it? 
for me, I think that you're trying to replicate that experience in the event. So okay. you, you know what see, I you mean? You can see what they value. Yeah, you can see what they can value, what they're known for, kind of what they're going to be looking for. Uh -huh. Because I feel like I'm actually like an extension of the client. Like I'm looking at things not necessarily how I would see it aesthetically, but what their eyes are. What do you think... How do you think you would have approached it differently if you tried it and you're like, the sandwich is terrible? <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't have been like, oh, that's good. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think it added to the validity of everything you said, that you both were so authentic and that what you were, um, what you made was, was the true thing. Like, it was so good. It was so interesting. Yeah, I think I got both sandwiches that I could get that day. Like, I mm. I think I made everyone in my office try them, too. Yeah. So Zoe, I had, like, a whole, like, we, like, cut them up into pieces. We were like, oh, which one do you like? And we were fighting. I remember I, like, told you, I think we were yeah, we fighting over. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, like, really surprising to me. Yeah. And um, I just think, to me, it really, know your audience, you know? Like, I think that that's super, it's actually one thing I learned from Steven. We'd go into a movie and he'd be like, look, look who's watching this movie. Whoa. You know, like, know who you're wow. making wow. something for, right? Wow. Like, I'm making a party for you, so what? who are you? Yeah. You know? And I think that that's important. Yeah. What, when you went into meetings before where you did it in reverse order, like, what, oh. it made you not feel prepared I felt enough? Awful. You, you felt like you weren't prepared enough? Yeah, for I meeting? thought I was so out of my depth. And do you think there's no, you think anyone else actually noticed? I don't know, but I feel like I have a lot of like the same thing you have in, inside of me. I'm always like, how could I have done that better? Or what would mm -hmm. have been? Um, yeah, I think I felt like it was, I was one step removed from the conversation because mm -hmm. I didn't know everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be right there. Oh, you know right, what I right, mean? Because right. I was like, Oh, just figuring things out as opposed to coming in and knowing who this person was presenting to be. Wow. So you're playing like catch up during the whole Yeah, they had a really big company that I didn't take the time in a really big life that I didn't take the time to understand. Mm -hmm. So I was handling it like, okay, someone wanted to, you know, meet me for tea and talk to me about something. And I was like, oh, well, that's fine. You yeah, know, I don't yeah, really have yeah. to do any homework for that. But I was wrong. Huh. You know, someone I didn't know and referred to by somebody else, and they didn't tell me why they were referring me. Uh -huh, just uh -huh, like, uh -huh. oh, I think you guys should. So you're like little, you're like very little context. You're like, I'll figure it out when I talk to Yeah, you. like I'm quick on my feet. I got yeah. this. And yeah. now I'm like, no. Mm -hmm. And I think the most successful people I've ever met, even in returning phone calls, they'll be like, why is Sally calling me? And they go through a whole list in their head of what it is so they can actually get an answer Sally's uh -huh. answer and know what, what it is and be prepared for it. Uh -huh. And I think that there's something kind of great to that. Oh, like, like when you, so like by trying the sandwich or whatever, you like read up on somebody, you'll be one step ahead in terms of knowing what they're going to be trying to do. Right. Or I think it helps me. Yeah. Understand. One step ahead relative to where you would have been. I don't mean to the client necessarily. Right. Like, yeah. You, like I'm at your wavelength. Like yeah. I can kind of get your wavelength. Whereas before you could say, oh, I have this great concept and this is, I'd be like, hmm, well, okay. <laughs> right. Like, is it 
I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. you don't realize the extent to it. And I think with yours, it was, like, much more, like, the level of detail mm -hmm. and the layers that are into it. I think mm -hmm. the sandwiches have really great depth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that was something. And to experience, like, how to pick it up. <laughs> right? You know, like, it's a fun thing. I wasn't, like, I did... Like, once the world opened back up, like, I did struggle with our pickup process for a long time. Like, I had a lot of moments of, like, not similar to how you maybe felt in a meeting of, like, feeling like this isn't what Carla Cafe is supposed to be. You know, um, I don't know. Like, it, it worked. You know, the pickup process we had whether it was at the house or then Bootsy was like perfect for a shutdown world. You know, you pull up, there's no, no one's, it, all the spots are open. It's easy to get to. And I just, I, 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 there would be a lot of days where I'd be struggling and like be really down. And I'd be telling Jets like, I don't, I don't feel good about like what this process is right now. Because yeah. you were trying to get to this, like you wanted people. It's all supposed to be great. Like the experience of how you get it, whether if it's not convenient, right? Like then it needs to be like seamless, you know, it, it, well, it should be, it should be convenient. It should be seamless. It should be quick. It should be fun. It, it should be an experience. Right. And like there was just, you know, I don't know. It's just like I knew like like get stopping your car there. Like, I don't know. Just compared to what we had going when we first started, mm -hmm. it just it changed. And, and I was like, this is difficult. Mm -hmm. it, it went from being really easy and like an amazing, perfect process for the world we were in, mm -hmm. which was like all you could do is pickups and deliveries and like. I think we nailed, like, we were so ahead of everybody else and how we were doing our pickups. It's like... By the way, it was genius. Know, it was genius for the time. And, and it's just like, and it will be, I know we will get there again. You know, like, what is the perfect, I think with our flagship store, when we finally open that up, like, it'll give us the ability to give people a more thoughtful experience of like of, of what it should mean like when you pick up Carla Cafe. The fun, right? Like yeah. that it's fun and it's not just like everybody else's pickup. Yeah. So yeah, it should be fun. And so And interesting, right? There was something yeah, really interesting like you're like, wait, what how? Huh? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. I mean it might change like Yeah. We had a lot of fun during it. Just like being like the front people to kind of see these interactions and be the face of these interactions and also like see people run into each other yeah. like hadn't seen each other in a while you know I think that was like really really cool for us to see or even people that were like "Ooh, who was the girl in the orange dress at the same pickup time as me <laughs> like she was cute can you set me up with her like you know what I mean all these like real life human interactions in seeing that in real time was like yeah, very the yeah, world was not very human at that time. The right? world was like completely robotic. Yeah. And so I think that that's something that's important for us is like feel these like really human moments. Yeah. I don't know. Like I don't I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe Avi doesn't want to feel these. I don't exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's just it's just certain the pandemic made certain 
thing that everything Jessica's saying was true for the pandemic process. Yeah, yeah. I think and I and I think like LA full steam, like traffic all the time. Everyone's getting from one place to another. Work on the go. It's like I think some of what was like where we gave people their experience, like the the coolest experience they're going to have of their day was going to pick up a sandwich and we're playing great music when you're walking up and you're going to have amazing food. I think some of that in, in a fully, you know, open world in terms of pickup experience will be just more, it's, it has to just be more about convenience. Probably you're evolving. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's still like the great experience is going to be like, how do I just get in and get out as quick as possible and get my, get my food. And, but dine-in will allow us to do more. Right. So dine-in is then when it's like, I think the dine-in experience I want to give people is if me, if me and Jessica, like we, we had some like weeks where we worked our ass off, we made some like good money, you know, like decent money. And we're like, we want to go treat ourselves with a nice lunch. And like, and it's like, okay, cool. Where are our best options to do that? And then it's like, okay, Polo Lounge, the Ivy. Um, Like we would come up short, like the the conversation would kind of go like this, where I think I'm about to list like five things and then I'm like Polo Lounge and Ivy. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, maybe I am forgetting some things, but but even those two, and then what would happen is we would go to one of those two places and I still wouldn't be as much as I love those things for what they were. There's two things that weren't, well, like three things. Sometimes the service was still spotty, right? It's like, so spotty. and at that price point, yeah. it doesn't make, mm-hmm. it does, it's not right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not anal about that if I'm in the context where I know I have no right to be anal about it, but if I'm paying polo lounge prices, then it's like the service shouldn't be spotty. It's like unacceptable. The food to me at both of those places, while they're good and we could get things that we really like, it's not like, it's not like, Oh, it's not like overwhelmingly great. And then it's at like a ridiculous price, like especially polo, but then it's at like a really high price point to me. There's LA has a big hole in that it's like if i want my polo lounge iv experience but i i don't want to pay 400 dollars for lunch mm-hmm. right and i want the food to be better mm-hmm. it's like where where would i go and so that's what carla cafe's dining i think that's what we're going to be going for it's like giving you the environment that you're looking for like aesthetically of being in the iv or being in polo lounge i think we do better food, you know? I, I think we can do better food, it's different. Do you also think, though, it's because they're not taking, both of those two places are not being innovative right now, whereas they were, like, they're the old establishment, right? right? right, right. So everyone's trying to keep up with them and they know that they can be the leader on the price points because they are, they've established themselves to demand that in yeah. years past, even though right now maybe they're still struggling with the, the staffing issues and yeah. stuff. Everyone, um, and yeah. yeah, purveyors I know are still yeah. having a hard time of things, but I think you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. Like I'm not saying you're right. Like uh, spe- specifically on the service front, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I, I think that's really hard. Yeah. And I, I, I 
for me to think that I'm going to figure out the service part better than them, I, I doubt it. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'll try, but at least it's not going to be at that price point, right? If like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool. At least the food's good. The like, check the environment check. And then it's like a price point check. And then we'll do our best with the service. And it, we should be able to give people service good enough. Well, but. Yeah. It's like, I feel like, um, the only other place I can think of that I enjoy going to lunch to at right now is like in that area or whatever is like, um, Ebaldi, but I don't like the, that you're sitting outside on a oh, sidewalk oh, yeah, where no. people are like getting robbed. robbed and there's homeless on either side and they have the makeshift planters that I don't really know are makeshift or Can, not. Canon just doesn't feel amazing right now. No, you know, really it doesn't. Doesn't. it doesn't feel amazing to be on Canon, unfortunately. Well, no, and I feel like at the other end of it too, it's like Spago is now so big with that big yeah. giant tent that mm -hmm. you feel like you're either in, which is inside or in the patio versus the tent. Like I can't stand the tent, but I love being in the patio. The patio is stunning. Right? Like there's just, it's, there's, and they had that shooting next door, right? Yeah. So it's just, there it is. There's a huge market that's missing. Yeah. I think there's a big hole, yeah. right? So I don't think our pickup will ever be as like fun and interesting as pandemic because but like we're gonna transfer that energy to to yeah, dine in the hidden you know? patio, so. yeah, and also, you know, making sure that it is ultimately that the pickup is seamless. Right. So the pickup side is like pure convenience, seamless, yeah. and then dine in side is gonna be a little more experience based. Yeah, it's just like I, I remember like like so many conversations of people like just like looking at il, il, like El Pisteo just reached another level of just like being busy like I, I still like the sound no 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 no, no. I, I I wasn't it just reached another level of just being like swarmed right but like I don't know that always just seemed like I don't know people just want the right outdoor environment and there's like not enough of it no and I think that Tommy's tried to do that with the cafe right mm-hmm at Mayborn yeah Oh, do they have outdoor seating? Yeah, so during the day, they have, like, that little outdoor seating, and it just doesn't feel right. And it just ultimately feels like you're in a park. How right? Yeah. Or like, that's just not our vibe no. in LA. We're yeah. not, like, no. park seaters. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it feels like parks and rec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And really? I <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry everything took so long, but... We love you, Claire. Thank you so much for coming on. Love, love you guys. This was fun. Thank you for having me.